Hello and welcome to another episode of Big League Dreaming, the podcast. I'm your host, Zach Gonzalez, joined by Zane, Ty, and our dad. And uh, today we are doing a post-game recap of the May 15th game between Zane's Boston Red Sox and my Seattle Mariners. Hit them with the intro song, Ty. Oh yeah, I was Big League Dream. I was Big League Dream as long as I live. Always, I'm Big League Dream. I never got to bat in the major leagues. I'd have liked to have that chance just once. To stare down a big league pitcher. Make him think you know something he does. Chance to squint at a sky so blue that it hurts your eyes just to look at. To feel the tingle in your arm as you connect with the ball. To run the bases, stretch a double into a triple, and flop face first. Wrap your arms around the bag. That's my wish, Rick and Silla. All right, thank you again for tuning into the Big League Dreaming, the podcast. As we recap the ball game between the Seattle Mariners at the Boston Red Sox on May 15th, 2023. Um, going into the game, Mariners had a record of 20 and 20. Uh, Red Sox sitting at 22 and 19, which I think is a little surprising for some people in the baseball world at how good <clears throat> the Red Sox are off to start the season. Um, going into the series, well, the Mariners just came off of uh, winning two out of three against the Tigers over the weekend. Uh, they're trying to go for the sweep on Sunday. Couldn't get it done. Lost a tough game. Uh, they're going into a three-game series with the Red Sox. They have Thursday off, and then they're going into Atlanta to face one of the top teams in the whole National League. So uh, so they got to play some good baseball over this next week here uh, to try and maintain that 500 uh, record that they have so far. Uh, the good thing is the Mariners' pitching staff – they have the best F war in the whole major leagues, which is wins above replacement, according to fan graphs. Uh, they are number one. So they pitch really, really well. However, the offense so far this season has not been that great. Um, Julio has struggled big time. Tasker Hernandez has struggled. Thankfully, Jared Kelnick was crazy hot during the month of April. And uh, now Ty France is starting to figure things out offensively. So things are starting to go in the right directions. Things are turning around. But um, I'm glad April's over. And they can kind of put that behind them and hopefully get onto uh, the right track here. Um, <clears throat> on the other end of the spectrum, the Red Sox are hot. They have some guys that are just crushing the ball right now. Uh, they said before the game that they lead the Major League Major League Baseball in average and run scored for the month of May. Uh, however, they have allowed 57 home runs, which is tied for, which is the third most allowed in all of the majors. So going into this series, I like Seattle for this matchup because we don't, Seattle doesn't string a lot of hits together typically, but they do have home run power. So I was looking for you know good pitching from Seattle and maybe some, some clutch home runs. Uh, today's game featured George Kirby, who's arguably the um, who's one of the Mariners' best starting pitchers against Tanner Houck. Uh, didn't really know much about Tanner Houck going into the game. He did look really, really good early on. He went through um, four innings, only gave up one hit, and uh, he started on the left side of the rubber, on um, first base side of the rubber, and 
his stride was toward third base, so he re- was really throwing against his body. He kind of looked like Chris Sale a little bit. Um, but then the fifth, in the fifth and sixth innings, uh, Mariners got to him. Cal Raleigh ended up having two home runs, and uh, that led the Mariners to a 10-1 to victory at Fenway. Um, George Kirby looked awesome tonight. He ended up going six and two-thirds, only one earned run, six strikeouts, and one walk. Good enough for his eighth consecutive quality start. I, I mean, the, like you guys know, I could just gush about George Kirby all day long. Um, <laughs> I love his command. He never walks guys. I love his fastball ride at the top of the zone, and um, his his off-speed pitches are nasty. Uh, they were saying before the game started that he has the second fewest walks in the first 32 career starts for a pitcher <clears throat> since 1902, since 1901, only 25 walks. His strikeout-to-walk ratio is over 11, and that leads the American League. So not only is he not walking anyone, he's striking out a lot of guys as well. Um, though the way that teams can get to him is, uh, is swinging in the counts early and really jumping on the fastball because he's such a such a strike thrower um but that that command and control that he has he's just able to he's able to put guys away he has a very controlled repeatable delivery um so like for example they just brought the Mariners just brought up Bryce Miller their number one pitching prospect he's very high leverage he's got his whole body into every pitch he's falling off the mound toward the first base side uh but he's throwing 97-98, good ride. He spins it well at the top of the zone. Kirby, it's just an effortless 95-96. Saw a lot of 97s out of him tonight, which is good to see. Um, his velocity tick up a little bit uh, so far this year. Um, but, f- but 15 hits tonight for the Mariners. Um, only the third time this year they've scored nine runs or more. Uh, so a pretty uncharacteristic offensive game for Seattle tonight. Uh, interested to see if they can kind of stay hot and keep this going into the rest of the week. Uh, they'll have Luis Castillo, their ace, starting tomorrow night at Fenway. Um, so that's kind of from the Mariners' side of it. Um, the the look outlook on the game. Uh, Zane, I know you were at the game tonight. Probably not the most fun game to go to as a Red Sox fan but um I feel like just being in that ballpark uh one of the most historic parks in all the major leagues uh it's always a good time going to Fenway so uh, so Zane I'll pass it on to you give us your take on the game uh let us know if you're going to the game tomorrow and maybe a couple things you saw from the Red Sox perspective yeah Zach you're, you're definitely right that game was not the best game to go to but anytime you can go to Fenway it's a good time you know it was awesome to be able to get out here um see the city of Boston go to Fenway um wish they could have pulled out a win but we'll go again you know tonight when the Mariners and the Red Sox play each other again um yeah tough tough night for the Red Sox I mean you know they're they're a team that yeah it's been surprising that you know, they're out to a good start, but their offense has really carried them the entire way. You know, I, I I said, I think in our preseason predictions, I was like, look, 
their pitching is going to struggle. It's going to be a mess, and it has been a mess for them all year. You know, it's been a mess with who's going to be in the rotation. You know, if you can't even figure out the rotation, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And it's, you know, guys are constantly in and out. There's talks of them doing a six-man rotation. Um, Their bullpen's been a mess, especially, you know, going into the series, Kenley Jansen gets his 400 save and then blows the next two, and they end up getting swept by the Cardinals. So, you know, it's tough when your closer's struggling and then, you know, your middle to late relief guys aren't doing that great either. You know, it would have taken the Red Sox to really put up an offensive number against the Mariners to pull this one out. And, um, you know, it's tough to do against a pitcher like Kirby. But Tanner Houck started for the Red Sox. He looked good on the mound for the first, you know, three, four innings. And then, you know, that fifth inning was not that great. I think that's when he gave up the two-run bomb to Cal Raleigh and then, you know, started the sixth inning, which <clears throat> was questionable in my mind. Um, but, you know, he gave up, I think it was like a leadoff double, and then sh- struck out the next guy, got to the top of the order. And they brought in Bernardino, which was really weird to me. Um, but I guess Cora wanted uh, Bernardino to face a lefty and J.P. Crawford, which whatever, but you got to remember you know, that guy's got to face at least three hitters. Bernardino, I'm not super high on him. Dude throws a 75-mile-per-hour curveball. Not that impressive. Um, but they rode him a little bit. He opened another home up, home run to Cal Raleigh to give him the first hitter to ever hit a home run from both sides of the plate. Um, well, first catcher to hit a home run from both sides of the plate at Fenway Park ever. So at least I got to see some history. Um but after that, you know, the kind of the Red Sox, I think it was a 5-1 game. Um, they brought in John Schreiber, which I'm a big John Schreiber fan. Um, he's he's from Michigan, went to UNOH, NAI school. Um, but, you know, he got a couple outs. I know he only got one out. Was two was in a 2-2 count with the next guy, and the training staff came out and pulled him out of the game. Um, reports have said it's kind of lat soreness. Um, you know, hopefully it's nothing too serious, but it sounded like he will go to the IL, which again makes the Red Sox bullpen even worse because he was one of their most reliable arms. Um, so, and then that was kind of the turn in the game because you know you got John Schreiber out there who's one of your best relievers, and in a five-one game, right? So it's telling you, it's telling your team, hey, we're chasing this game, we're we're going after this, we're staying in this thing. We're going to fight to the end. He gets hurt. You bring Blyer in, which is a mop-up guy, and, you know, he stinks it up all over the place. And, you know, yeah, he gets the last out of that inning, which is nice, but he goes out and gives up four more runs in the top of the eighth. Um, and that entire time they had nobody warming up. So it kind of told you that, like, hey, we're, we're packing it in in the eighth inning. Like, our offense isn't doing much. Verdugo just popped up. With the bases loaded to end the inning, like, our chances are slim. And after that eighth inning, I kind of knew, uh, hey, they could bring in a position player here. Like, <laughs> I looked at my wife and after the in the bottom of the eighth, I said, hey, wouldn't be surprised if they bring in a position player because they're, they're, they're down eight, it's nine to one right now, and that's when you can bring a position player in. And it looks like they're not winning this game. Um, so, Pedro Reyes came on in the ninth, 
only limited him to one run, got Cal Raleigh out. Someone could. Um, and then, you know, he got a hit in the bottom of the ninth. So got to see some, some cool stuff. I mean, baseball is a, a weird game where, you know, stuff, you're going to see something new every time you go to the ballpark, like, you know, the first catcher hitting a home run from, from left-handed and right-handed first time ever in Fenway history. Um, you know, you could go and see Pedro Reyes throw an inning, only give up one run, and then come in the bottom of the ninth and get a hit. You know, uh, and baseball is so great like that. So, you know, we're going to go to the game tonight. We'll see how it goes. You know, like I said, I, the, the Red Sox are are, are going to finish fourth, fifth place. You know, I, I still hold true to that. I don't think their pitching is going to hold up. Um, I think they're going to win. You know, they're probably going to hover on that 500 mark, which if they do, great. If they don't, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, if they finish... 10 games above 500, I will be very impressed. But this Red Sox team, you know, it, it just comes down to their pitching. Their pitching is not great. Um, bottom of the barrel in a lot of a lot of categories. So, um, you know, but being in the ballpark was a great atmosphere. Packed on a Monday night. This is what you expect in Boston, man. It's absolutely packed on a Monday night. Um, but very interested to see what kind of Zach and – or sorry, what Ty – and dad have to say about the game watching it on tv um so what do you guys got thanks zane nice recap nice insight on the red sox glad you were able to go enjoy the game i hope you have a great rest of your trip uh i'm gonna cover some key moments of the game uh i, I guess the biggest one that we gotta talk about is cal raleigh hitting the two home runs uh i don't think that second home runs landed yet that was a monster shot and uh, I saw a fun fact after he hit that second one. I was watching the game on the Mariners broadcast, and they brought up that he was the first catcher in history to hit two home runs from each side of the plate, left-handed, right-handed, in Fenway Park, in the history of Fenway Park. So I thought that was a pretty cool stat. Um, some other key moments, George Kirby looked great. Like you said, Zach, he had six strikeouts. Uh, early on, he was just painting those corners, and I, I haven't seen him pitch before, and I was pretty impressed by how spot on and how accurate he was on those corners. Um, he was just painting the corners really early on. So George Kirby looked good. And then another key key moment that I wanted to bring up was Suarez's two-run home run, uh, former white cap. That was just a monster shot. And uh, it was in the eighth inning, so it kind of just added on to the damage. And um, I think around the sixth inning when the Mariners kind of broke out and had those few runs, um, it kind of looked like they were going to coast the rest of the game uh, when they were up 5-0. But Rafael Devers had a nice double right after that to answer. And it kind of looked like, oh, maybe the Red Sox might string it together here in the fifth and sixth. And if Kirby gets out of the game, then they might put some runs together. This might be a game. But uh, towards the seventh and eighth, when the Mariners kept scoring, it was kind of just over. And then the Mariners had that nice double play to end the game. So... Overall, those were the biggest moments I saw from the game. Uh, I'm going to pass it on to you, Dad, and you can kind of finish up and tell a little a little bit more about that Cal Raleigh story. Thank you, Ty, and thank you, Zane and Zach. Uh, Zane, Zach, and Ty are the sons, and I'm the dad. I'm Big League Dreaming, the podcast. We really appreciate you tuning in to our show and, uh, you know, hearing our conversations about 
baseball. Um, it, it's a lot of fun as a dad to just sit here and talk about this great game, right? And there's so much we could talk about every single week. But uh, today's assignment was to watch uh, last night's game between the Mariners, Zach's favorite team, and the Red Sox, Zane's favorite team, playing May 15th at Fenway Park. You've already heard some of the recap of last night's contest. Uh, if you want to call it a 10 to 1 Mariners win a contest, a, a contest where uh, you have a, a position player pitching in the ninth inning, Reyes, Pablo Reyes for the Red Sox, uh, just getting out of that inning with only giving up one run. Um, I had never, because I didn't realize he was playing on the team. He's a recent acquisition for the Red Sox. Uh, I loved, uh, I just loved his spirit, right? I mean, he comes out there, plays the game, played well defensively. I don't know much about him, so I'm going to do a little research because uh, he seemed like an, an, an interesting player uh, to be in that role. I'm so excited for, for Zane, the, the longtime Red Sox fan, to be at Fenway Park for last night's game. I think he's going again tonight. Um, so uh, I'm excited for him. It's always great as a fan of your favorite major league team to be able to go to the home game. Yes, folks, I know it's crazy. I'm a longtime Tigers fan, and all my three sons have different favorite teams in Major League Baseball. That's a long story for another day, which we'll have to break down in an upcoming podcast. But speaking of, um, I look at things also because I'm a journalist. I look at things from a bigger perspective, and I root for all teams. Last night I was rooting for both teams, and my wife's like, what are you doing? We're going to root for the Red Sox because, you know, it's Zane's team and they're playing at Fenway. I see, yeah, but I love Julio. I want to see him break out of this slump, you know, and have a big game. Well, it wasn't Julio that had a big game, right? It was the catcher, the switch-hitting catcher for the Mariners, Cal Raleigh, who grew up idolizing uh, Red Sox uh, catcher, <laughs> you know, an icon for, for Boston fans, Jason Veritek. Uh, and, it, and it was cool to see him accomplish something that even, even his hero didn't accomplish. You know, he grew up a lifelong Red Sox fan. In fact, his dad was at the game uh, last night. And uh, it, it just was really cool to watch uh, the whole thing happen. A lot, was his dad at the game? No, it was George Kirby's dad who was at the game. That was the, a lot of attention put on him. That was cool, too, to watch Kirby pitch. Uh, he's an incredible pitcher, Zach. You're right. Um, and I've seen him pitch a couple times, but really got to watch the whole game last night, which was awesome to see the talent that this young pitcher has. And he's around the zone the whole time. Loved watching him pitch. He's definitely a star uh, for the long haul uh, in Major League Baseball. But getting back to uh, Big Dumper, <laughs> I didn't realize they called they called Cal Raleigh the Big Dumper. But uh, yeah, he, he blasts two home runs, uh, does it from both sides of the plate, I think, as everyone knows. First time ever done. So history, Zane, you're right. History was made last night. You were getting a chance to watch that. In fact, my wife and I thought there might be a different kind of history, watching Kirby pitch those first, um, or watching Tanner Howe pitch the first three innings for Boston. I mean, he went three up, three down for first three innings, and we're like, oh, maybe Zane's going to watch something special tonight, you know? And uh, obviously that that didn't happen. Uh, but getting back to, to Raleigh, I mean, uh, his father is is uh, actually played um, in the Red Sox organization before landing a, a coaching job at the University of Vermont. Um, so it was just kind of his night. Love seeing that. Uh, love watching um, that that drama um, unfold there. But but let's get to where these two teams are at. Uh, a ten to one ball game signifies a lot's going on. I don't have the stats for this, but um, I'm just noting noticing the runs being scored this season. Uh, maybe someone out there has 
a breakdown of how many runs have been scored so far this season compared to last season. Um, I mean, what, the Nationals won 10-3. to three. The, the Cardinals scored 10 runs in the eighth last night to beat the Brewers 18-1. to one. I mean, they're just crazy amount of runs. Zach, you're right. Your Mariners have not been able to score runs. But this is why the Mariners are super scary come playoff time because their model of success has been to get people on base and then hit them in with the long ball, right? You saw Eugenio, uh, Eugenio Suarez uh, get that blast late in, the, late in the game last night. You see Cal Raleigh's two home runs. I mean, that's what they—that's how they win games. And they're pitching John Paul Morosi on last night's broadcast on MLB Network was talking about that the Mariners have his favorite uh, pitching staff in all of Major League Baseball. I mean, you add Bryce Miller to the rotation now. You know, John Paul Morosi and other people in, in in baseball are going like, "Holy cow!" This this pitching staff is going to keep them in a lot of games, and they will. So I think they'll, they'll be there. But where are these teams tracking? Well, let's look at the current standings right now. Um, Boston, I think everyone knows, dead last in the American League East. Uh, Zane, you predicted that the team was going to struggle this year. They're 22-20 and 20 right now, which is holding their own, right? But, I mean, the Rays are clearly, uh, clearly ahead here, 31-11, and 11, uh, going into tonight's games on May 16th. Uh, Baltimore, surprised for a lot of people, not for me. I knew they'd be strong this year. They're in second place. Toronto, uh, not far behind. Uh, obviously, we all know about Toronto's lineup. And the Yankees, who I predicted would win the American League East and come back. Maybe Aaron Judge uh, will show off some of his magic and, and, and bring him back there. Uh, more on, on Aaron Judge in a minute, uh, or later, I think, in another podcast. But they're 24-19. and 19, But... Boston, I think, Zane, you're right. They're going to project about the same lineup or the same amount of wins. They'll finish fourth or fifth. I don't think they have a third, just the way these other teams are playing. Uh, and, and, Zach, your, your Mariners are 21-20. and 20. Texas, I mean, a surprise for everyone, leading um, the American League West. Houston is in the second place at 22-19, and 19, um, three games behind Texas. They're going to be there. I think everyone. Angels at twenty-two and twenty. Uh, the Mariners at twenty-one and twenty. Oakland and dead last. They have no chance, obviously. But the Mariners will. I think they'll hover hover around um, that five hundred mark and um, hopefully get up there past the Angels and be in contention for a wild card. Don't know if that's going to pan out, but I think it's really interesting. Fangraphs. You know, if you go to Fangraphs.com, they're not giving either of these teams, the Red Sox or the Mariners, much of a chance. Um, they're projecting for a full 2023 season that the Red Sox will end up at 83-79. Zane, I think you would probably agree that where that where that's at, right? But for the Mariners, they're also projected at 83 and 79, which probably won't get them into the playoffs. I think the Mariners here are in it for the long haul, and I, I think with the pitching alone, and you know how injuries, um, you know, play a role in how the season ends. I think the Mariners will be there where Boston is just going to be struggling the rest of the way through. Um, how this relates to my Tigers <laughs> or uh, Ty's Mets, I don't know. Ty's Mets are, are, are a mess right now. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the Mets. Tigers, uh, I, Tigers fans, I think we want to, to be where the Mariners are at right now. Will we get there? I don't know. Will you know, Riley Green or Spencer Torkelson emerge and become bona fide superstars? Will the pitching ever catch up to all the promise? I don't know. Um, so they have a lot of question marks. 
and it's going to be a long season for, for both of those teams. All right, that's it for Big League Dream and the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We appreciate you here every single week. Uh, Ty, where can people get more information? Hey, it's Ty from Big League Dreaming Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at BLDPod. That is at B-L-D-P-O-D. And we're also on TikTok now as well. So give us a follow at Big League Dreaming. We'd love to connect with you.